Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Welcome to everybody joining us online this morning. Glad you're with us. Um, Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for your word. Lord, I thank you, Father, for utterance by your spirit. Lord, I thank you, Father, that we have ears to hear, hearts to understand. Lord, I thank you that we're seeing and revelation is coming, Lord, as we read your word and dive into, Lord, the subject that you have us on. We just thank you, Father, that you're here. You never leave us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, last week, and I'm not going to do a lot of review just because we're going to move on to the next thing on, on what I believe just this call to discipleship, right? A call to be a disciple. And just remember, as we're going through all of this, and we've talked about all of the messages that have come forth, you actually should be really excited about them. This is the outlook we have to have on when God tells us things, right? And sometimes things are difficult to hear. That whenever God does show us something and he's bringing revelation to us, if it's difficult on our flesh, that's okay because you're not going to reap a very good harvest from your flesh anyway. So he speaks to you. And when we hear things and he ministers to the spirit of, to our spirit, right? and we apply those things, then what are we gonna reap in it? Life, let me help you out, life, right? So when things are difficult on your flesh, it's okay. Don't be sad about it, be happy about it, because God loves us, right? He disciplines, he corrects, he instructs us because he loves us, not because he's trying to take something from us, but he's actually trying to get more to us, right? And he's trying to get the things to us that actually produce life in our lives, right? When we think and we hold on to tight, very tightly to things sometimes and we have a hard time releasing them because we think that that is joy to us. We think that that is comfort and peace to us. We don't even know what that is apart from the spirit. Because it's impossible to reap life from just um, the flesh, natural things. You reap those from the Spirit of God. So even when we're doing things and going about our life, when we put God first in it and we allow him to have a voice in our life, it's gonna reap life for us and to us, right? So I've done, this is just an example, I've done vacations where I'm like, oh, we just gotta do it because I'm just so tired. And we ended up just in deeper debt and it wasn't very restful, right? And we've done vacations where it's like God says do this and we do that and it's a blessing. So what I mean and why I give that example is is God's not just trying to take everything fun out of our life. He's just trying to say let me help you in it so that the things that you do that are fun actually have blessing to it. Does that make sense? Okay, so um, Last week we talked about how, and I'm not gonna, you can, you can just write this down if you didn't last week of Matthew 16, this is just a quick review, 24 and 25, the, in the Amplified, that verse 24 says, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, 
and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering, or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Now, last week, at the end of the week, I shared all of these stats about what's happening in persecution around the country, how it has heightened, and you say, well, why do you share that? Because the cost of discipleship and the requirement of, this, of discipleship doesn't change on what part of world you live in. Now, it may be different, like the cost may be death, where here it's not death, right? We're not to that point where we can actually serve the Lord in open, right? And we don't have to hide. We don't have to do any of that. But the fact that Jesus says you're going to have to deny yourself and take up your cross is not just for the people in Iran, right? So that means and that tells me that I may not die for my faith, but I am going to have to give something up to be a disciple. And sadly, in the American church, the things that we have to give up are like extra sleep. I wanna do that, I really wanna do this. I really want my kid to be involved in this, so what, whatever cost, they're gonna be involved in that. Um, without even asking the Lord about his opinion on it. We just make our schedules because we live in such a comfortable lifestyle, right? That a lot of, now I'm not talking about us, right? But, uh, but a lot of the Christian church, they run to God when they have an issue rather than being a disciple and just living for him in the first place. Like I can, um, and, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but it's all right, stick with me. When, when I look at different things that I've walked through in life, there are very, um, there are times or different situations that I've walked through in my life where if I would have slowed down and listened to the leading and the authority of the Lord in it, I probably wouldn't have had to walk through that, right? But we just bump on through life, the American church, and we just live how we want to, and then when emergencies come, well then, I'm gonna get serious. No, a disciple lives on ready. A disciple lives, like we talked about last week, heeding, hearing the word and heeding it. What are we doing with what he's saying? Because normally, and usually this is how God does this, well, this is exactly how he does this, that when we're in communion with him and relationship and fellowship with him, he will actually prepare you for things that are coming so that when you get there, you're not in emergency mode, but you're in ready mode. I'm ready, because Lord, you've been speaking to me, because I'm a disciple, so I live to have communion and relationship with you, and you can tell me whatever you want at any time, and I'm gonna hear that, and then heed it, and apply it to my life, so that when I get a year down the road, I'm ready, not scrambling, right? And I've done this, we've all done this, but remember, we learn from Peter. 
that just because you respond out of the flesh and not out of the spirit sometimes, it didn't mean that he was kicked out of the discipleship group, okay? He was learning and growing. But we have to have a purpose and a heart that we are gonna, Lord, I'm your disciple. What does that mean? What does that look like? What do these things that you've been saying to us mean for me? What does that mean? What do I need to change? Not what do they need to change? What does he need to change? What does she need to change? No, what do I need to change? right? And so um, in uh, the New Living in verse 24, it says, give up your own way. So if anyone desires, this means that there's a decision, a choice that's placed before us. Follow me, which is what Jesus called us to do, all of us. Jesus called to follow him is more than an invitation to pray a prayer It's a summons to lose your life and find new life and ultimate joy and fulfillment in him. It's a summons. From what I can see from the scripture, there's really no way to do this. You're either going to be a disciple or you're going to be a frustrated Christian. That's what I'm finding. (laughs) We're called to be disciples, everybody. Sean and I are not called to be disciples because, well, we're in the full-time ministry so we can be a disciple. No, he's calling, he's calling uh, teenagers who go to school to be disciples. He's calling business owners to be disciples. He's calling employees to be disciples. He's calling all of these mothers, fathers. He's calling us to be disciples, to lay down, deny ourselves, and think that maybe there's a better way to do life. And that's to be completely open before him and allow him to speak anything he wants to at any time and instruct us in any way he wants. Because remember, he's the smart one. Jim Elliott, well actually let me read you this one first. It says in the Young's literal verse 25, for whoever may will to save his life shall lose it and whoever may lose his life for my sake shall find it. Will is a want to, all right? That's what it is. You direct your want to all day long. We do it all day long. We, I want to do this. Well, I want to do this. I feel like doing this. I feel like doing this. We're to conform with his, his will. We're to conform to his will. Amen? Jim Elliott, he's a missionary martyr, and if you don't know his story, it's an awesome testimony. But Jim Elliott, blessed is the man who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Blessed is the man who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. See, if we just bump along life, in life, listening to our flesh and our own desire, we're actually going to lose out and not gain amazing things. It's worth the sacrifice, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's worth the denying ourselves, all right? In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I die daily, so that's part of what we do. We just, we just lay down our will daily. We, just, we lay down our desires and we say, God, what do you got? You know what's awesome about the Lord? You know he knows your desires better than you do? You know, he does. He's going to take care of us. Whenever you sacrifice for the Lord, just know 
that there's a reward that's better than that thing you just sacrificed. We have to look at it this way. We have to look at it this way. So Matthew 10, 37 and 39, let's turn there. As we're actually going to go into today, that was just kind of recapping what we went through last week, but um, to be a disciple will require first place. You can't have two people or two in one in first place. There's only, there's only one first place here, right? So Matthew 10, 37, it says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy in me, of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he do, who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Jesus was stating that we should prefer him above any other relationship, all right? We ought to love him more. He's not saying that you can't love your mother, your father, your family, all of these things. What he's saying is, I have first place. Because as much as we respect and honor the people in our life, they are still people and they can miss it. God never misses it. So he's got to have first place. And have you ever noticed that when somebody is hearing from the Lord sometimes, even if it's just from their soul, it can be very convincing if you're listening from your soul and not your spirit. You have got to get the voice of the Lord as number one in your life. All right? This also tells me that don't be surprised that when you completely decide to follow him and be a disciple, that there will be disagreement and there will be people and family that will push against and challenge that place of who has first in your life. You will find that these verses, this is not the only place he talks about this, okay? In discipleship, there's different accounts of it, but there's also different places. What, we, what would it look like, now think about this. We, uh, man, this, think about this. What would it look like if our response to God was as quick as and as much as our response to family or to people? Our response should be quickest to the Lord and more attentive to what he's saying. This doesn't nullify honoring people. That's not what he's saying. But it, the Lord must hold the highest place of honor in our life. Luke 14. Let's turn over there real quick. Luke 14, 25. And this is the same account, but I want, to, I want you to see what he, that Luke actually goes a little bit further in itself. And it says in verse 25, uh, 14, 25. Now great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate. Now listen, that means love less. Okay? Doesn't mean you're hating people, right? 
You're, it's love less his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And I love, Luke actually goes into, and what, what the Lord is saying is here is there's, there's a cost to discipleship. And, there's, and you have to count that cost. Sometimes I think when you know, people give their heart to the Lord, we should explain a little bit more what that means. <laughs> you know, Because it's frustrating when you're a believer and you continually try to live from the flesh. We've got to develop people and disciple them that they've been created, they're a new creation in him and that they now can live out of this place of resurrection power, right? But there's a cost to it. He says in there, he says, uh, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him and with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of the uh, of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. God has to be number one. God has to be number one. Are we willing to give up? And this is what I believe he's saying to us as a church in the area of discipleship. Are we taking, like we talked last week, are we taking the word of God that he's been speaking to us and really laying that before and saying, all right, Lord, show me. And then is he saying, or is he asking us to rearrange some things in our life for him? Do we have some things in our life that he didn't actually tell us to do that's pulling time and energy from the things he's asking us to do? Because you realize that not everything that comes before you and is placed in front of you that's good is actually the best or good. You need the Lord's input on it. You need, I need to know, God, what are you saying to me? What is your thought on this? What are you speaking? Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be doing this? Now, I am not picking on sports here. This is just an example because this is something that we have actually experienced, not so much here, but we used to work in a sports program. And I remember people would come to us knowing that we were in the ministry and they would come or even we'd run into them at the kids' school. Man, I am just, man, our family, we're just struggling. We're struggling. I don't know what to do. I never see my wife. I never see 
my wife and that kid, because they're going this way and, and we're going this way, my wife and the, or me and the other kid, and they're all doing this. And, but I, you know, and here they're telling me right there what the issue is. But they want a quick fix to the problem. When did God tell you to get your kid involved in all of this and not ever develop their spiritual life or make that important? And I just, I'm not picking on sports. My son is going to play a sport here soon. But even with uh, Taylor, she, man, she loved um, ballet when she was little. <laughs> we even tried gymnastics. But I'll tell you what, we got into it, and we looked at what it would take, and we looked at the time, and we said, no. I'm sorry, Taylor. And this is Why? It's not because we don't want you to have fun. It's not because we don't think that, you know, we know you enjoy this. But this would take away from our commitment to the Lord and what he's asked us to do. And that's not worth it. It's not worth it. So there was a sacrifice that had to be made. That's laying down our desires to do what God is leading us to do. And it's difficult in this, and this, this seems so light compared to believers across the globe that have nothing. Sacrifice to them is their actual, should I walk to the church today? I could maybe not make it. But for the American church, it's, should I play this sport? Because it will cause me to have to, be out of church on a Sunday time and time again. These are the sacrifices that seem so petty to me. Am I the only one? But Lord, I, I can't, you know, we talked about this. Lord, I, I can't get up early because you don't understand. I've got to, to have, I've got to, you know, I've got to I've got to go to work and then I've got to like take my kid here and take my kid there and I've got to do this and I got to meet this person and I got to do this and I got to do this. so I'm sorry I can't get up early because I need my sleep. No. A disciple in America <laughs> says, "Lord, what do you want me to give up today so that I can do this?" and get plenty of rest. This is what he's asking of us. He's not asking us to go out and be hung or beheaded for our faith. Now the scripture says, if need be in dying also. But let's look at this stuff first, because we're never gonna get to that. If we can't do this stuff first. Well, God, my family needs me. And because our family needs us, we think that's God's leading. And he just said, 
in here. If you can't put aside their requirements as first place, their, their wants as first place in your life and put mine there, you're not worthy to be a disciple, which just means you're, you're not capable of it. You are, but you're not. You're putting yourself in that place. Not everything good is God. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Now, God is good, but not everything that comes to our life that seems like, well, I gotta do this. Yeah, this is a, this is a good deed. No. Allow God to lead you. He is not required to bless what we decide is what we should do, what we should do. He's not required to do that. That's frustrating as a believer to live that way. To know what the word of God says. To know his promises. But to not hold him right here. This is how you walk in the promised land. You put him first. He's the first voice you hear. He's the one you go to first. Everything is filtered through his opinion and what he thinks about it. Everything's filtered through his voice, his leading, everything. I honor and I love my husband and I honor him and I understand that place of honor in our home. But if he were to ever veer from opposite of what the Lord is telling me, I've gotta listen to the Lord. I'm required as a disciple to listen to the Lord. He doesn't want me to do that anyways because he's not God and he knows that and I'm not God. There is no possible way that we are going to be able to satisfy one another completely. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. I used to live Man, the sun rose, how do you say that, rose and, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I mean, it was like, oh, Sean, whatever you say, it must be God. And he, and it was, I mean, or boy, or if I'm not, <laughs> or if I'm, if I'm not happy, it's his fault. Or if I'm happy, it's his fault. <laughs> He's, he could never be what God can be for me. It's not possible. The problem is, is used to put pressure on him to be that. I'm sorry. 
God's number one. So we're counting the cost. What does that mean? Because there's always going to be something or someone pulling us opposite of what God is telling us. And a lot of times it's just our flesh, right? But what he's saying here is solidify in yourself, purpose in yourself, that I'm number one, that I hold the highest place of honor in your life. Greg Moore says, becoming a believer makes him yours, but becoming a disciple makes you his. Mark Hankins says, there are places that you will go because you trust God, and there are places you will go because he trusts you. This is why this message is exciting. Because it's a summons. Come on, walk with me even closer. Give me even more and I will show you life that's beyond anything you could ever think or imagine. It's beyond, it is so good. Life is so good in him. Life is so good in him. His voice will have to be honored in our lives as number one. So because a disciple, um, well, actually, a disciple, um, and this is kind of the main point, I have got 15 minutes left, and I'm like, this is where I want to get to today. Uh, but it's a good thing I got a few more Sundays left, so, um, yeah. But a disciple is led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 12. Therefore, brethren, you want, well, first of all, get ready, because this is good news. This is amazing. If you just sit and meditate on this, this is amazing. We're not debtors. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by or through the spirit you put to death or mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons or the daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That term, Abba, Father, was unknown to the Old Testament times. This is a better place for us. That Abba, Father, that term is a place of intimacy that we have because his spirit lives in us. Being led by the Spirit does not cause people to be, this is Andrew Womack, does not cause people to be sons and daughters of God, but being sons of God causes them to be led by the Spirit. All believers do, all believers have the Spirit of God to lead them, but that doesn't mean all believers heed his leading. 
what this is saying is, is listen, you've been made a son or a daughter. You've been adopted in. You've been, you're in the family. You're an heir. It's who you are. It's your nature to be led by the Spirit of God. That's normal. That's natural. We're not those that are led by the flesh anymore. We're led by the Spirit. Sometimes I think if we would just stop focusing on just not doing wrong and focus more on just being led, it'd be less frustrating. Just operate from who you are, not what you were. So that means that because we're a son and a daughter, we're, we are, we were a, we're adopted and brought in as, I mean, such a wonderful place that because of that, I now can, and this is just who I am, that when I hear God say something, I, I hear it and then I heed it and I do it and I, and I respond on it because that's what, that's what a daughter does. That's what a son does. Our born again, our new born again spirits are not like our old sinful nature that we're bound by fear, but we've received a spirit of adoption that leads us to call God Abba Father, which is a term of intimacy. And intimacy is what, it's really known, knowing and being known by someone. I'm convinced that being led and living through the Spirit requires a relationship that is honored, that takes time to get to, one that takes time to get to know Him, one that honors His opinion and acknowledges His voice in all areas of our life. Proverbs 3, 6, and I had never really seen this before, but Proverbs 3, 6, and you guys all know it well, It says, in all of your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. The word acknowledge there is, what it means is to recognize the authority in your life. For some reason I thought, okay, acknowledge him in all of my ways and so that means I have to ask him about every single thing. No, when you're in relationship and communion with the Lord, you're always hearing what he's saying. You've recognized and put him in a place of authority in your life that his, you have said, God, you can speak whenever or whatever. I'm listening. I'm constantly listening. An example of that was um, just a simple leading was yesterday. I was going to do grocery shopping, going a couple places, and I'm driving, and something's just not right. Lord, so I pray, Lord, what's going on? Want me to go back home and wait a little bit? What are you saying? Nope, you're good. Just slow down and pay attention. Okay. What about my day? Communion and intimacy with the Lord leaves the door open 
and recognizing his authority in your life and acknowledging that where he can come in and speak. Because see, the Lord doesn't just push his way through and say and speak and lead and guide and all. No, we let him in. God, you're the authority in my life. What are you saying? And so throughout my day, I'm just, I'm looking, I'm watching. Not, no fear, nothing. Just doing what he told me to do. This is how, now I don't, I'm not saying I do this perfectly, but this is how a disciple lives their life. They've placed the proper authority. They've placed God in a proper, pro- proper place of authority in our life. We recognize him. We've put him in such a place of honor in our life that at any moment he could say, don't do that. And we don't. Don't say that right now. And we don't. A disciple's aware. A disciple's aware that God's not just there speaking to you on a Sunday morning, but he actually is with you speaking, leading, guiding. Why? Because he's got the number one place of authority in my life. He's the voice I listen to. So then even when something that appears good comes, just inside myself, Lord, is this you? No? Okay. Lord, is this your leading? No? Okay. Sometimes I think that he's trying to speak little things like that to us more than more than we hear it that he really does desire to get into the details of your life that we think aren't important, but God says, I could help you do that better. You know, you know how you're, you're feeling tired and weak? Here's how you could do that better. You know this frustration you're having here? Do it this way. Acknowledging him, putting him, recognizing the authority in our life. Acknowledging is a position of the heart. If we position ourselves properly and hold him in his proper place, maybe we wouldn't find ourselves in positions of panic. Panic prayers. Because we've been living in an attitude, in a posture of acknowledging him. 
He's our authority. Let me just give you testimony and you say, oh, here she goes, bragging on her kids. No, this is my testimony. <laughs> so, have we done it perfect all the time? I don't know. No, actually I do know, no. <laughs> we have not, but I'm really liking the fruit that I'm seeing. I'm really liking the fruit that I'm seeing, okay? So we must have done something right. But, and this is, this is just an example of kids recognizing an authority in a home. This is the same thing we do with the Lord, right? So there were times where our kids wanted to do certain things. Wanted to go to a friend's house and stay the night. Wanted to go do this, go hang out. And there were many times where mostly Sean would take, Lord, you know, but that's a pattern in our home. Lord, what are you saying? What do you want to do here? Is this okay? And we would have to come back and we would have to say, I'm sorry, you can't go. And they would get frustrated, but for the most part, we were just open with them and explain to them, this is why. The Lord is saying, no, but you know what we'd always say to them after that? Don't worry. Or what we've said to them often, don't worry. We're going to sacrifice here, but God's got something better. He's got something for you. It's okay. You're not just missing out. We had, I mean, they, you know, just things. But I'll tell you what. Wisdom is proven by our children. And every time that we would have to do something like that, it was like the Lord would come in and they would see it, our kids would see it with their eyes, why we had to make the decision that we made that was difficult. And I say that to say this. Just because you feel something strongly in your emotion does not mean it's the leading of the Lord. Just because, well, they really want to, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. It has to be. You know what, we're going to ask the authority on this. And if we're not supposed to, well, we, we know he's got life, more life for us in this decision. Because you cannot sow to the flesh and reap life. In fact, you reap destruction. You sow to the Spirit and you reap life. So how do you sow to the Spirit? You're led by the Spirit of God. No matter who's pulling you, what, pull, what pulls you, the opinions of others, the emergencies of others, the crisis of others, that's not our authority. God is our authority. And when we put him in that place in our life and on our heart, in our hearts, then he can come in and say, hey, I've got a better way for you. Hey, don't do that. 
go this way. A son is a disciple. We've been brought into sonship. We've been called children of God because because of Jesus. It's what we do. We're led by the Lord. A son is a disciple and will daily maintain and recognize who the proper authority is in their life. So another key to disciple. Learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything. Place him as authority in your life. He's got the final say. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Father, for this service. Thank you that you're going to continue to minister to people, Lord. We're just so thankful to be called sons and daughters. We praise you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.